This year, Walters Kluwer is celebrating 10 incredible years in the cloud with their CCH Access platform. While others are just trying to break into the cloud, CCH Access has more than a decade of proven stability with a complete array of tools for your tax, audit, and firm management workflows. Stay tuned to learn why 15 of Accounting Today's 20 fastest growing firms trust CCH Access later in the episode. So when David Barrett says, every payment is a conversation, he's right, because ultimately with AI, everything is a conversation. Everything will be human conversation. We will be talking to our phones, and it won't be just to make a statement that is something scripted out so that it does what we want. We will just ask the AI to do something that's connected to a microphone, and it will do it. And so will Expensify. Welcome to the Cloud Accounting Podcast. I'm Blake Oliver. And I'm David Leary. And we are coming to you live from the OnPay Recording Studio. We have just returned from Italia. We were in Italy at Expensicon. David, how's your jet lag? It was bad yesterday. We had a very long, it was a very long flight coming back. Um, and then I'd go back to the airport again the next day because one of my bags did not make it. So I oh, go. no. I was worried about that. I was very concerned. Um, but it, we we had a good experience, but it is a long flight. And now, having taken my first trip to Europe, this was my first trip to Italy, first trip to Europe, I understand why most Americans actually don't travel abroad because, man, it takes a long time to get there. And when you are in economy, which is uh, how I have the privilege of traveling, yeah, it gets it gets it gets long. But you but, stretched it out for an extra week. I did basically. It was a Expensicon was a three day conference, mm-hmm. and I put a day of travel on both sides. So it was like two, two trips within a five day period. So it was a oh yeah, it, it's a lot on the you, body. <laughs> you had a lot, and so I was just going from here to Italy. I I did a week in advance because I haven't had the chance to go before, and I wanted to really experience it. So we went to Rome, we went to Sorrento, and then we went to Puglia, which is the heel of Italy. Um, and, uh, it's just South of Bari is where the conference was held. And, um, yeah, it, it, it was just spectacular. Uh, the conference was ridiculous. I don't know if yeah, before a- we get into the conference, yeah. like, like when I went to Italy, I went on a trek and came back with some ac- uh, accounting and tax knowledge. Remember I talked about the bankrupt and the desk and I went and saw Luca Patulli's uh, birthplace and the statue. Like, did you learn any accounting things when you're in Italy? Yeah, I did. Well, and I have a story about the region that we were in, in Puglia. There are these houses called Trulli. A single Trulli is a Trullo, and they are these stone houses where the the roof is made from unmortared stone that is stacked together. And the legend has it that in the 1500s or you know medieval times or whatever it was, uh, that the taxes were assessed based on dwelling units. And because this area has a lot of stone, the landlords told the peasants to construct their homes with the stone, but to make them unmortared and to stack them in such a way that there would be a keystone at the top of the roof. And if you pulled out the keystone, the whole thing would collapse. And so when they saw the tax collectors coming, the peasants would all pull out the keystone and the roof would fall in. And if there's no roof, there's no dwelling unit. And if there's no dwelling unit, there's no taxes. And... That that's it. That, that, I mean, it's a core story about the 
houses they used to live in in this region is related to tax avoidance or tax evasion, however you want to look at it. And I think it's very appropriate that that was the area we were in and that accounting was born in Italy. Double entry accounting was born in Italy and we did that conference there. Uh, yeah, it's a fun, fun story. So look up the story of the truly and tax evasion. And I see we've got Hector in the audience. Hector Garcia, thanks for joining us as we stream today. A reminder to all our listeners that you can follow our YouTube channel and get notified when we go live. And uh, you can chat with us, ask us questions. You can heckle us. Uh, you can uh, just hang with us as we do this. So great to see you, Hector. All right, David, um, can we talk about the conference, though? Yeah, let's talk about the conference. Yep. Okay, so ridiculous is kind of the word I would use to describe it. Maybe over the top, I mean, beautiful. Uh, Expensify, the spend management company, uh, the super app, as they like to call it, the developer of the super app, I should say, they put on this conference in Puglia, Italy, at the Borgo Ignazia Resort, which is this five-star resort in Puglia, um, in, incredibly beautiful region and the resort. And uh, I didn't know this before I went, but apparently they rented out the whole resort and invited 100 accountants and accounting thought leaders to the event with their plus ones and then a bunch of the Expensify people. So I think it was three to 400 people at this event. Yeah, maybe a little less, but yeah. It was four days. It was hundreds of people, four days. Um, and... There were sessions. David Barrett spoke, talked about the future of Expensify. I got to present a oh, session, yeah, which was a awesome. Presentation, which I've heard raving yeah. reviews about. I wish I would have saw it. Thank you. Well, hopefully, uh, we'll get to see the recording because they were recording these sessions. So if there is one, I'll be sure to share it. It was a new presentation I did on artificial intelligence and accounting. A lot of the stuff we talk about here every week. Um, and... George Clooney was the keynote speaker. So we got to sit in a room with a few hundred people and David Barrett interviewed George Clooney about the work that he and his wife are doing to help save the planet, which is a big part of uh, Expensify's mission. I can't remember the exact His his, his foundation is a customer of Expensify and that's why he was brought in. Um, Uh, But some of that work he's doing to save the planet, you know, he and his wife, they go after these bad guys. And some part of it they go after is researching the money flow. Yes, that and, was interesting. And yeah. George Clooney has four, 12 or 14, I forget, there might be 14 accountants on staff investigating fraud and chasing fraudulent For, money all over the world. Forensic of, accountants. Of criminals. Well, and it's interesting because I'm glad you brought this up because he said that they've learned at the Clooney Foundation and it, it doesn't help to shame a dictator or a killer because they don't have any shame. So, you, you know, you can take aerial satellite photographs of mass graves and you can uh, call out the people that they've put in jail for illegitimate reasons, but it doesn't actually do anything. And that what really has made the difference in the years they've been doing this is tracking the money and cutting off the sources of funding and shaming the companies that are doing business with these dictators. So the forensic accounting is actually a really important part of what they do. And, and yeah, I just loved that. That was neat. I'd never heard that before. I didn't know that, that he was doing that, right? That's no, amazing. Yeah. You're like, that, that was the last thing I expected for, to come out of his mouth. Like, oh, by the way, I have this whole team of accountants tracking down bad money all over the world. The other thing, since we're talking about Clooney, the other thing I really loved about that interview was what he said about failure. And he said, I believe the quote was, I've never learned anything from being right. 
I've never learned anything from being right. And he talked about how he's failed so many times. And of course he made a joke about that Batman and Robin movie. (laughs) And it's like, we all forget about that. He's such a star and we forget that he has failed and, and made stuff that wasn't good. And he still feels that way, right? Every, every time he does something, you know, it, it doesn't work. And so if, if you are, uh, you know, starting a podcast or you are doing a presentation for a conference or you are building an accounting practice, you're going to feel like you're failing a lot of the time. And that is okay. And that is normal because the other thing he said that was pretty funny is, you know, if you're beating your chest and, and you think everything you're doing is great, usually it sucks, right? Those people are the ones who are the worst. So just very charming very charming person. He came off a lot more down to earth than you thought he would. Yes. Because even before he went up on stage, he's kind of standing there off the stage and you can see him. And it uh, is the term like overly put together, the right term? Like like, like he's almost a statue in a way. Right? And I was oh, like, yeah, oh gosh, he's going to be stiff. He's gonna, This is going to be horrible. And once he got on stage, like, he loosened up. He was very laid back, very open and honest about stuff. And, you know, it's pretty good. Pretty funny too. He was, I didn't expect him to be so funny. We've got more folks joining us in the live stream. Hey, Edgar, how you doing? Hazardous Items. Great to see you, Hazardous Items, and your spectacular username. Hazardous says, thought I'd let the cloud accounting guys know I finally passed all four parts of the CPA exam. My next cert is the CMA exam, which is really underrated in my opinion. No. Congratulations. Yes. Well done. And and I can't believe you're going for CMA as well. That's uh, That's quite a lot. But yeah, go for it. Congratulations. Nicely done. So do you want to talk about what was covered in the keynotes, some of the content? Let's do it. Let's talk about the phrase, every payment is a conversation. That's what stuck out to me in David Barrett's keynote when he was talking about the product and the direction of Expensify. Actually, can we just step back for a second, David? Yeah. Talk about the the first Expensicon. And do, do you remember when we went to that? This is the third one they've done. The first yes. one, David Barrett got up on stage and he had a single slide. That's right. He, he spoke to one slide. He it spoke was to animated, one slide. Though. It took a long time to build the whole slide. He built the slide up, and he basically explained Expensify's entire strategy. He just laid it out on the table, uh, and that strategy has guided Expensify to where it is today. Uh, they got you know thousands and thousands of customers, and you know a hundred million dollar run rate, and a hundred and forty, hundred and fifty employees. And they can do conferences like this. But, but but basically, if I had to summarize the original product vision from, you know, Expensify 1 or Expensicon 1, it was, let's create a product that is just fantastic for the end user and, uh, like, make expense reporting simple for them. And anyone can use it. You don't have to get like, your CFO or your controller to sign up for it. Anyone who needs to file an expense report can pick up Expensify for free and use it and snap a picture and make an expense report and send it in. And if enough people at a company do this, then eventually the accounting and finance team says, hmm, maybe we should look into this. And then they buy it. And so I, I wrote a story at that after that event called, uh, I think the headline was, Expensify is the slack of accounting because of that grassroots user acquisition strategy. And that is really something that you don't see a lot in accounting. A lot of the apps go in top down. They're designed for the CFO. They're designed for the CEO. And so the user experience 
often sucks for the end user because they are the last person that the company thinks about. But at Expensify, it's the opposite. Yeah, The person using the app is the first person they think about. And I've always thought about that when I think about product development and even building our own app, David, when we build Earmark. You know, it's all about the end user. So at this conference, this third one, David Barrett got up there and he started out talking about how every payment is a conversation. And basically unveiled, announced the new Expensify app. How would you describe the difference between Expensify now and, and what they're building? Well, so I think the the other part of the, his vision about, you know, this like every expense is a conversation or or adding context to a transaction, right? There's there's always a conversation about the expense report happening somewhere, either right. months before where I'm like, hey, I got to get this oven fixed if I'm a restaurant owner. And there's already a conversation happening somewhere or after the fact. And the other concept he kind of brings up and like fundamentally like over beers and we're drinking and nerdy talk like you and I, I can kind of see this vision, right, of that an expense report, an invoice, a paycheck, two roommates that are splitting a bill, like their rent. It's all an expense report at some level, right? right. If, well, I, if I submit an invoice to you, I mean, it's basically the expenses on my company I'm sending to you to pay, right, in a kind of way. That's and, the thing that that really resets the, the Expensify experience is – He's talking about like eliminating the expense report. That's what the Expensify has been built on is creating easy expense reports, yeah. right? And now they want to go one step farther and completely eliminate the expense report with a chat-based interface in the new Expensify app where it's we just, David, if we're talking about an expense, we just chat about it. And then the app facilitates the request and the reimbursement and the payment, all of that. And the whole time I kept thinking about how similar this is to ChatGPT. And Expensify has been working on this for a while now. That's the piece now. that's not there. You're right, exactly. So so they rolled this out and basically, and right now I would say it's like a, a version of Slack or Microsoft Teams. You know, And we saw this, I think, when we were at Sage Intact, how they, they made integration with uh, Microsoft Teams Mm-hmm. And like an expense report had to be approved, and then the approval came through to the chat, and somebody could approve it right there in the chat in Microsoft Teams, and it reflected back in Sage Intact. So that's kind of where maybe it's at, or it's probably the next steps. But as I sat there and looked at it, I was like, oh, it needs to be like full blown Chat GPT style to where it can access old conversations. Because, you know, they bring all these accountants and bookkeepers in and show them this, right? All these accountants, county influencers. And I think for a lot of these people, especially if they're controllers or virtual controllers or we have big clients, they almost couldn't wrap their head around it fully. Like they're still stuck in the old world of like, employee submits expenses. I've reviewed the expenses. I approved the expenses. And I'm stepping back and I'm like, you don't need any of that because it could just when an expense gets submitted, go find the old conversation that we had two months ago where you basically said, yes, get the oven yeah. fixed, right? Yeah. And, and bring that context forward. And so it's very obvious, like, that's the next layer into this. There has to yeah. be this chat AI level. Well, well the, and the way they've built the interface, they could totally layer it in. They could just, yes. like, add it in, and you really could just have this conversation, and then all of the expense request reimbursement is handled by the AI. So... I mean, it's very visionary to for them to have thought of this before any of this chat GPT stuff started to happen. Like they've been working on this for years. 
right? Yes. And and now now we're seeing it happen with ChatGPT. And I guess my question is, you know, what what is going to actually do it? Will will Expensify do it again and build this thing that nobody's ever seen before, or will you know ChatGPT just do it? Right. That's the risk that they have. And I, I don't know. I mean, I guess. It, it, you're reluctant to say lightning can strike twice, right? Or genius can strike twice. But with Barrett and Expensify, I think they've got a good shot at it. I agree. I mean, I've worked yeah. with a lot of founders in this space, and Barrett's probably the one of the smartest I've ever met, for sure. Well, you know? Some of the other mind-blowing stuff that he talked about is how they're building this new app. So the, the reason it's taken a while to get going is that they had to completely rebuild this thing. It's a brand-new platform, and it's built it's, – it's actually open-sourced. So they've figured out a way where they can hire contract developers to work on specific features that are not part of Expensify, and they can pay them a fixed fee to build something, and then they can submit the code and add it into the app. Like it's an open source project, and that's kind of mind-blowing. So like this is continuing this ability for Expensify to operate with extremely low headcount. Yep. And that's something Expensify has always been famous for. Yeah, so instead of having, like, going out, like a lot of, Startups, right? Oh, they went out and hired a thousand engineers, right? And now you got to bring in a bunch of VPs and layers of management to manage a thousand engineers, and then then you have just a lot of meetings and stuff doesn't get done. Right. They basically had to invent a system and a process for them to post. I'm going to say Fiverr. I don't know if they're using Fiverr, but basically post a problem out there on Fiverr, specific problem that needs solved by code and an engineer can contribute to their project and get paid for that one little snippet of work they do. Mm -hmm. So because of that, now with the new Expensify, they've had a thousand different engineers contribute code to the new Expensify and they didn't have to hire any engineers. Yeah. And they're also doing the the flip of that with support. So they have major announcements in support. This is the one, this is the number one thing that is held back most accounting firms from using Expensify in their firms over these years is that Expensify has been super lean and that means they didn't have the people to provide the support that accountants are used to getting from, say, a payroll company where you have an account manager and you have somebody dedicated to you. But that was the big announcement, right, David, is they are adding in account managers for accounting firms. Yeah, and but the way they're doing it is they're... Because what they... What they tried to do before is they just had like one email address, like help at Expensify, you know, something like that. Mm -hmm. And every single person that needed help went to the same spot. So if you had, you know, employees that are looking for the reimbursement, random employees, because that's the majority of the users of Expensify are a bunch of employees uh, or, or people getting reimbursed. And so that just floods their support channels. Right? And then you wonder why you use the accountant, you get in the same line and you can't get help. But instead of going out and hiring 900 call center employees. It took them a very long time, but they built a complete infrastructure back end. So it's all through their concierge service. And Chat what concierge based. does is it's part of a bot, it's part AI, but then there's also humans. But so basically, like if I con- you contact me for support and ask me a question, I'm on the back end. It's going to answer your question, but me, the human, is going to be like, yep, that's the right answer to give to Blake. And I'll click it and send that. So there's like that level of, of support on that front line. Then they have a second level of support and then, then they have human support for the next level. So um, you as the accountant or bookkeeper will have your own dedicated, and don't quote me on product uh, account manager or sales manager, I don't even know what the proper terms are, but you'll have somebody and then your client and the client's employees will have a different support channel of somebody to help that client. So use the accountant, you can basically have Expensify set up the client for you. 
is mm-hmm. probably the way to think about that. And you don't have to actually do the setup. So you have to have a certain number of clients or end users like associated with your firm in order to get the account manager. But I, I think the number was 10. Is that it right? It didn't seem unreasonable. Yeah. yeah. It's not unreasonable. And you can just, so if you want that support, you can just pay for the 10 and get the support. And if Expensify can do that, if they can provide support that accountants have been missing and they can do that and scale without adding too many headcount, I think that it's, it's a winner. So if you had a bad experience with Expensify in the past because they didn't have the support for you, I would say take another look. And Joy says, concierge is next level already. With GPT added, it will be game changer. And I, I agree. I think if, if Expensify can add in the AI and have it do a lot of the frontline support, which I think it certainly could, then they'll be able to scale. And other companies will model after this when it comes to their support. Is, is chat-based support honestly is the best? Like, David, I, I prefer chat instead of phone when I need to pr- have a problem. Oh, yeah, I, I, I only want to do phone support if, I, if it can't be resolved via chat. And as long as it's quick, that's the thing, right? You want to get, you want to get in the chat queue and have somebody answering you within a few minutes. Yeah, you, and, the, 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 the worst thing is when there's a chat and you click on it and somebody says, we'll be with you in eight hours. I'm like, why do you even offer chat? Like, <laughs> we, we live in a world now where you can man that chat 24 hours a day. It's very yeah. reasonable for you to have staff do that. Um, I, I think the one interesting thing about the way they did this is new Expensify is not done. It's not close to being done. It is arguably... Well, it's a work in progress. Done, I mean, right? it's so, very, very early. But by putting it out there and letting everybody use it, so you had to use it at the conference, right? People were using it to communicate. And if you wanted a massage, you had to use it to book a massage, right? You had to use the app. But it forced, basically what it did, is it forced accountants and bookkeepers to raise all their questions and concerns. Mm-hmm. Like, well, what about this? How's it going to do this? Will this work? Will this work? So really what this was is a big feedback session on an unfinished product. Now, Expensify can take back and solve these other problems and concerns that everybody has. The one thing, though, I think they, they, they're caused is now they've got themselves a dilemma, right? If we think about everybody that has two products, you always run into this like, okay, now what? And, well, the old product, maybe they're probably going to call Expensify Classic. They're referencing it as already. So that's the old Expensify. And all I hear is like, oh, great. 25 years from now, people are still going to be on Expensify Classic. It's like a QuickBooks desktop scenario all over. And that could possibly be true oh, yeah. in the long term. And the other interesting thing that an accountant asked was, why not just put chat in the old Expensify product? Yeah, as a, well, as almost like a and, transitional period. Yeah, and maybe like if you've got ChatGPT layered on top of the old Expensify, maybe you could just chat with that and then have it do all the stuff in the old one. But yeah, I agree. It's going to be an issue for them. It's Listening to some of the product people talk about how they're going to transition people over, you and I were laughing to ourselves, yeah. knowing that it's going to take decades before <laughs> you move everybody over. But, you know, I mean, it'll, it'll be fine. You can support that old product and then have the new one be the new Expensify um, forever. 
This episode of the Cloud Accounting Podcast is sponsored by Wolters Kluwer. This year, Wolters Kluwer is proud to celebrate 10 years in the cloud with their CCH Access platform. CCH Access is the tax and accounting industry's most comprehensive cloud platform, specifically designed to help you focus on the work that matters most to your clients and your bottom line. With a proven cloud platform for tax, audit, and firm management, CCH Access delivers seamless integration and efficient workflows that will transform the way you do business. Hosted in the cloud, CCH Access enables your team to be just as productive at home or on the road as they can be in the office. With all your firm's data in a single secure platform, your data becomes more usable, providing valuable insights into your clients and your firm's operations that less connected solutions just simply can't offer. Additionally, CCH Access offers a wide range of features and functionalities to help you manage your practice more efficiently, from automated data gathering and processing to advanced analytics and reporting. CCH Access empowers you to make the data-driven decisions that drive growth and improve client satisfaction. CCH Access is perfect for for firms of all sizes scaling to meet your needs, whether you're a small firm or a very large one. In fact, 94 of Accounting Today's top 100 firms trust CCH Access to power their firms. If you want to elevate your practice with CCH Access and join the ranks of successful firms reaping rewards of this innovative cloud platform, head over to cloudaccountingpodcast.promo slash access. That is cloudaccountingpodcast.promo forward slash A-X-C-E-S-S. Now, the thing that was interesting, David, about all of this was I got this feeling like Expensify is like launching a new company. This is almost like a new, I mean, it's called the new Expensify app, right? This is the new Expensify as a company as well in many ways. And they've still got this really profitable, really successful app supporting them and providing the cash flow for them. Uh, But it's going to be tough, I think, because, you know, they're a public company and you and I hear this stuff and we see where Expensify is going, but I don't think the markets do because the the first thing when I tweeted out that I was at ExpensaCon, the first thing that happened is some random person on Twitter posted the stock price going <laughs> down over the last you know two years. So Expensify went public in, oh, I don't remember when it was, uh, 20, was it 2021, 2020? And since then, right, they, they're, they're, I think it was 2021, yeah, November 2021, their stock price, you know, blew up, went up to 40 something. And ever since then, it has just been on a decline. Now there's macroeconomic issues there, right? Like they went public at the high, they timed it really well. But now, you know, they're down to like $6 and as we record $6 and 64 cents a share. So, you know, it's lost 86% of its share value in the past, however many years that is to, you know, short amount of time. And so the market clearly doesn't see it. And the question is when, when will the, like if you were an investor thinking like, do I buy Expensify, right? If you believe that they're going to make this new Expensify thing happen, you should buy. I don't have any stock. Yeah. It it does feel that way. Like this, this product is so different. Like you said, they're almost killing their old product in a weird way over a long enough timeline, but this product is still pretty conceptually high. And like I said, you and I get it because we're nerds and we talk about this stuff over beers all the time. And Dave yeah. Barrett obviously thinks about this all the time. And But for the average person out there, maybe even somebody on the street, it's like this is – it feels a little crazy. It feels very edgy. Right. But I'm imagining what if it was just a startup? Like, like it was a new startup. It wasn't had – you know what I mean? And right. they were building this product. People would be going crazy to get it. Right from a, from an investor standpoint, well, maybe not right of, about. I, I find ironic. Yeah, yeah, they'd have to be using AI and GPT uh, in their pitch deck, as yes. 
right? Uh, to get that money. But yeah, yeah. I mean, so, so we're going to see, we're going to see what happens, but, um, I really do think like they were on the right path already. And chat GPT is just solidified for me that chat is. So when David Barrett says every payment is conversation, he's right. Because ultimately with AI, everything is a conversation. Everything will be human conversation. We will be talking to our phones and it won't be just to make a statement that is something scripted out so that it does what we want. We will just ask the AI to do something that's connected to a microphone and it will do it. And so will Expensify. Yeah, because it, 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 it's like they've spent the last seven or eight years building the new Expensify and all the structures there and how convenient something called ChatGPT yeah. just shows up. And it's just going to – it's like the perfect uh, – it's like the perfect whipped cream. It's it's the decoration, right? It's just that little bit they need to add the new expensive line. It makes so much sense. Yeah. Well, and this is where the opportunity is. Is I don't remember the exact numbers, but they were talking about the total addressable market, and you know the 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 market for expense report software is not that big. In the United States, there are only something like forty thousand mid market companies out there. So if you're going for that mid market and you're trying to be that expense spend management app, like. You're lucky to get a few thousand customers, right? Which is Expensify has thousands of customers now in that larger company space. When I say mid market, I'm talking about not these, you know, millions of small businesses that are really just micro businesses, one person, two people, that sort of thing. I'm talking about businesses with dozens or hundreds of employees. And thousands of expense reports a week. Exactly. And and so those are the ones that all the traditional companies are going after. But what Barrett wants to do is go after like all the businesses including those small ones, which are impossible to support with traditional enterprise software. Nobody can make the economics work. But I think Expensify can. So, you know, the question there is with the new Expensify, right, and you can pay and get paid as a conversation, is that going to be like Venmo? You know, are they Melio, right? All these apps that are out there that are gaining tons of market share to help people get pay and get paid. That's what the new Expensify could be in addition to serving all these bigger businesses too, right? But that's where they say the, the total addressable market is millions. Well, I think he said a billion. He's like, I don't want to build, like, I don't want just a couple million people using Expensify. I want a billion people. And, <laughs> and, it, and globally too, right? Globally, globally, a billion yeah. people, yes. So, yeah, so that was so much fun. Um, I did a straw poll. Right? I was just like walking around asking people like, what do you think this event cost, David? Because it's an accounting conference, Well, right? they're all accounts. Everybody was yeah. doing this math. Everybody was doing the math. So, okay. So, I, I said, you know, what do you think this costs? And I think the low number was two million, and the upper number was ten million. And I, I think the five to ten million range. I'm thinking five to seven. We didn't. Like we that. didn't ask. We probably should have asked somebody what it cost. Yeah. I don't know if they would have told us, but uh, I know I, this is what makes me think that might be right. Is that um, a large firm was there, and the part one of the partners told me that they did a conference where they brought all the partners and senior managers and directors. Out and it was it was a lot of people, and it ended up being about ten thousand dollars a person for that conference, which I think was of similar duration, and that was in the United States. Yep. So, if there were three hundred people there times ten thousand, that's three million. That would be on the low end, double that number easily, or maybe even more. So, I think it could and, easily have been. And I think I heard a rumor. So Justin Timberlake got married at the same property. Yes, and now he had. I think he spent. Seven to ten million dollars on his wedding, but he also built them a church because there was no church to get married in on the property. So, or, or they <laughs> built him a church, something like that. So, yeah, it's somewhere in that range, and it does feel kind of crazy. But yeah. I really thought about it a lot. I know for a fact there are apps out there that are running 
half a million to a million dollars a month on Facebook and Google ads. So they might be spending seven to $12 million a year on Facebook and Google ads, which we all know are not very effective in, in general, right? It's very expensive to try to reach accountants. There's not a clear funnel because accountants take a long time to talk to, right? Yep. So what they've done is they're spending that money with a, a very focused audience, right? You can't go anywhere. Like you're yeah. in for three well, days. I should say that most of the attendees here were, I would say, mid-sized firms, attendees from mid-sized firms, like, yep. you know, top 100 firms, were there. I'm smaller ones too, don't get me wrong, but like I think most of the folks there were top 100. Yeah. And so but if you think about everybody they make the experience so mind-blowing that you'll talk people are going to talk about this for the rest of their life. So if you right. think about this, maybe they'll do another Expensify in 3 or 4 years, maybe when the new Expensify is finished, who knows, right? They'll do another Expensicon. And but so per day over the next 4 years like this is probably a very cheap marketing activity if you start well, calculating it out. You're not going to calculate direct ROI, right? They're no, not, gonna, not direct ROI. They're not going to add subscriptions just from this event, and so that's not the way to think about it. It's really now everyone's thinking Expensify at all these firms, and even people who didn't go are seeing pictures from it and saying, like, okay, what what is this app? Like that That's smart. And so it's another way of doing things completely different. Like you said, not sp- yeah. spending all this money on Facebook ads for leads that never turn into anything. It's create this amazing experience that generates buzz and people talk about it. And then also pairing that with the support improvements. If they hadn't done that with the support, I would actually have come back from that conference and say that was a waste of money. <laughs> yeah, and I expected, that's what I expected actually. I yeah. expected to go and it would just be a bunch of like fluff and they'd talk all this game. But if they don't add the support, no accountants are ever going to use it. But then we we actually talked to, you know, Daniel, who's in charge of the support, and he talked about everything they're doing. And then I said to myself, okay, whatever. It's just like they're just talking about it. And then we interviewed BDO. BDO. And they were rave. We asked them, what is your favorite thing about Expensify? Expecting them to say something about the product. And they said it was the support. And I thought that was incredible. And more people told us about that. And these are the larger firms that are getting the new support. They've got the account managers. And so if they can do that, and activate these firms, these large firms, and get them to get their clients on, you know, it's, it's another user acquisition strategy that is outside the norm, that is not what's traditional. And so I so love that. So I was thinking it. every app should also do their same kind of conference like that and invite David and Blake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, do one of these a week for the next uh, 52 weeks, it would be fun. <laughs> I would, I would gladly go to varieties of Expensicon type experiences and report on them. That would be not a bad job, David. You know, I, I was feeling like we kind of made it in a way like going to that conference after five years of doing this podcast was a really fun thing and um, good ROI for us. Honestly, I didn't expect to get a, a trip to Italy out of doing a podcast. You never know what's going to happen. I actually, uh, there's two other aha moments that weren't specific to Expensify, but that kind of went off in my head while we were there. Um, once I attended Clayton Oates' uh, Infinity Game or Infinite Game uh, yes. talk. That might not be the exact name of the talk, but the bell went off for me because he's relating that that there's with Infinite, there's either people that are playing to win, right? Or mm-hmm. playing the other, uh, there's a winner and loser or they're playing the long game, right? The Infinite Game, and, right, which has no winners Infinite or losers. Game. And so if you and the person you're partnering with are not both playing the same game, there's no hope, right? There's, there's really no hope in that partnership. And he re- related this back to you as the account or bookkeeper and the app partners, the tech partners you're using. 
And it really, considered, you know, all this time I spent with all these apps and all these things, and it really hit me. I'm like, yeah, there's apps that show up, the founders show up, their motivation is to get an exit, to get rich and get an exit, and they're gone. If they can sell their company in three years, they're going to do it. Yep, They're you not in people. it for the long, long game. Yeah. And it just, I was like, man, that's a good way to, to, when you look at apps and technology stacks for your firm, you got to be thinking that. Or is this yes. app in it for the long game? Yeah. Are they in it to make the world a better place? Are they in it to help you and your clients? Are they just in it to get subscriptions and then get acquired and then be gone? And then now you're stuck with an app that's not going to get improved, that you're stuck on, they're going to migrate. And yeah, that's those are not the companies to partner with. This episode of the Cloud Accounting Podcast is sponsored by Sweet Files. I'm guessing that you probably are already paying for Microsoft 365 and use Outlook, OneDrive, Word, and of course, Excel daily. Wouldn't it be great if you could just use this existing tech stack that you already know and trust to work with your clients more securely, efficiently, and collaboratively? SuiteFiles has everything you need to manage your client documents. Nothing more, nothing less. And because SuiteFiles is built on Microsoft 365, you, your team, and your clients already know how to use it. With SuiteFiles, you can easily create and edit documents, including PDFs, and get digital signatures from clients all safe and securely. By using the Microsoft 365 folder system that you're familiar with, SuiteFiles makes it simple for your team and your clients to upload, store, and retrieve documents, including the ability to work with documents offline, see version history in case you need to roll back changes to a doc, Outlook integration, custom branding, PDF annotation, and PDF merging. And just announced, SuiteFiles now works with Carbon. Your Carbon contact and organization data will sync into SuiteFiles, allowing you to auto-populate all the business templates you use in SuiteFiles. And if you're headed to AICPA Engage in June, you can swing by the SuiteFiles booth, which is conveniently right next door to the Carbon booth, to get an in-person demo of the integration. To learn more about using SuiteFiles to solve your document management needs and for advice on tackling the talent shortage, including top five tips to find qualified workers, head over to cloudaccountingpodcast.promo slash SuiteFiles. That is cloudaccountingpodcast.promo forward slash S-U-I-T-E-F-I-L-E-S. And then the other big thing that went off for me is, you know, we've been talking about accountant shortage, right? And even when Clooney was talking to Dave Barrett about some of the things Clooney is doing to uh, at the high school level, junior high, like to, to educate people, there's some business things they're doing like that. I was thinking, you know, and my wife's a counselor and she like goes to this event. And she's like, geez, like how do you get more students involved in accounting? We've all talked about this. And I was mm-hmm. thinking, you know who could do this and probably figure it out? It would be Expensify. Like, like they would figure out how to do it because even if they fail at getting more people to do accounting, everybody in high school now is going to file expense reports a decade from now, right? So it's still worth their time get, like getting into high schools and teaching them accounting maybe. I'm like, of all the companies that could do this, I'd put money on Expensicon or Expensify to solve the high school sexiness of accounting problem. Well, putting on that conference and getting all those accountants to post on social media, their experience certainly helps. I think, you know, David, you had a story a few weeks ago, um, Going Concern. Adrian at Going Concern said that accountants need to spend money show off their oh, wealth yes. in order to get young accountants into uh, accounting and, and ExpensaCon certainly helped with that. I mean, on the last day, David, they, they, I don't know how they did this, but they got this guy who lives in the area who owns 88 classic Italian cars to loan them 
to us so that we could all drive we could all drive ourselves in these classic Italian cars to the happy hour that was, you know, I, I don't know how far we drove, but it, it was like 20 minutes or something. And we're driving along the countryside in, you know, I had a little Fiat. I mean, it, it's just, it, that was amazing, right? Like that kind of stuff, I think. And, uh, and, and like we talked about uh, Sarah Laidlaw, if you want to bring up her. Uh, her oh yeah. Here. So we've got a few more folks who have joined us from the uh, live stream. Sarah said, we're still talking about Maui. It's smart to pull accountants together. Yes. Agreed. Bring us together and we'll help you figure out what to do with your app, uh, everything wrong with it, and, and we'll help you fix it and uh, we'll share it with the world. Giles Pearson said, we'll invite you to the account test conference in New Zealand. Hey, oh my God. we're in. <laughs> Please. I, I, I would love that. And uh, Kenji has joined. Kenji Kuramoto said Clayton's presentation was great. Very solid analogy on tech partnerships. Oh, great to see you, Kenji, at the conference. That was awesome. That was actually one of the good things about this conference is they created collisions that you can't get at bigger conferences. Like we've been trying to make friends with Cal CPAs for, for yeah. years. Now we have besties. I have besties at the Cal CPAs. Right? Yeah. No, it was it was awesome. Um, yeah, met a lot of people that are sort of outside of our experience. I knew maybe like ten percent at most, twenty percent of the people there. I guess yeah. it's got to be ten percent. And so I got to meet a ton of new people, and, and that was really awesome. We've got a few interviews that we'll be putting out onto the feed in the future. Some videos from there. There's one thing I wanted to add about Italy, David, because I've never been to Europe or Italy before, and there were like. There were some interesting things, things I was missing and things that I loved. And I have to say two things that I loved. And then maybe you can tell me what you think, David. So I loved contactless payments in Italy. You can pay with your phone everywhere. I think it's some sort of law that they pass. Like you have to do it. Like everywhere takes contactless payments. You don't need your wallet. You can just pay with Apple Pay everywhere. And that was really neat. And there was one other thing I was going to say. Oh, no tipping. I just, I got to say, I like the no tipping. Yeah. I know, I know you don't get the same like service with a smile that you get here, but I feel like the people working, all the waiters, the staff, everybody working everywhere just seemed a lot more like relaxed, doing their job. They're there to help you, to serve you, but not to like, I don't know. You get a lot of bonjournos. Yeah, they're, they're there to do their job, not to like, you know, make you happy or something like that. And then that. you land at the American airport and you're just like, oh, right back to the reality of like <laughs> nobody caring. <laughs> you, st- you don't get even a hello, but you still get the thing on the point of sale that says, please leave a tip. And like you're, you're, you're guilty. Oh, yeah. in- the, tipping, the tipping at the counter service is like just ridiculous here. So I really like that. No fans in the bathrooms. That's weird to me. I don't know if that was just my hotels. This There's no fans in the bathrooms, but they also have the like emergency pull in all the bathrooms. Like so, like I think Italians are very concerned about falling in the bath or the shower because like, they have those little like and it rings the a bell somewhere to pull. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know. It's just some interesting differences. Um, yeah, but I mean, it was just the food was so good and the the, the food people. is is and, the, the, it is unbelievable. I mean, maybe I'm just, this is me just, this could just be me romanticizing Italy, like, you know, some dumb American who goes there. But like, I really do feel like the people there are happy. Like they, they, like are just, they know how to live well. And I think that we accountants especially could 
learn to relax a little bit and enjoy a two-hour meal with our friends and design lives and professional lives that give us that time to enjoy the money we're making. What's the point of having all that money if you're not enjoying it with your friends and your family and taking time out? And the other, on the flip side, of course, it's like, you know, how do you ever get anything done? But I think there's a balance to be struck there. And it was nice going and getting a new perspective on things. It's one thing to read about it or watch it on TV. It's another thing to actually go. So I highly recommend everyone go and, and take a trip. Take a trip to Italy. Yeah. Tom. It's very crowded though, man. This is tourist. You know, the Vatican was just re- like, I cannot believe how many people they put through that place. Get, guess day. what's not crowded? The statue of Luca Pacioli. You can just go there. There's no tourist around. You could sit there all day by yourself. Not Nobody will bump into you. It's and for our, like, for our listeners who have no idea what Dave is talking about, when he went to Italy on a separate vacation last year, it was last year. Last he year. went. He you went to the statue of Luca Pacioli in some town nobody ever goes to. You took a train ride to get there, and you took a picture, and you left our card at his feet. So you went to the birthplace of accounting, Luca Pacioli, yeah, so the father. Yeah, you can get away from the tourists. You just have to go to things that, that are accounting related. <laughs> then nobody's going to be there. Kenji said uh, regarding ExpensiCon that he also loved the way that Expensify treated and included our plus ones. That was really amazing. have never experienced anything like that at another conference. And I would say, yes, that's awesome. Oh, my favorite story about the plus ones is the the gentleman who's who's like, so he's the plus one and he's at the gate to get on the plane with the, the, the attendee who is supposed to come, an accountant. And unfortunately, the accountant had an, a passport that was expiring in two months. And so they wouldn't let him on the plane because your passport has to have an expiration beyond three months to go to Italy. Which could have been my problem. Thank goodness. Yeah, you, that almost happened to we you. We got my new one. Yes, it'll have happened yeah. to me. So, so that happened. And then the plus one, it's like he was a friend. And he said, hey, you mind if I go? Like I, I, and the guy's like, I guess. And so he went. He came on his own. So plus one came on his own, which is just To, to a awesome. conference. And he's like in... Um, his name is Joe from New York, and he's in sports strength training. So, you know, the opposite of accounting in some some ways. Like, and he had a blast, and it was fun. We got to I got to sit with him at lunch on one of the excursions. So, and I think was, his takeaway right is like accountants don't sleep enough, and they drink too oh, much, yeah. and then your body yeah. never recovers. That's right. He was he was. I asked him, you know, yeah, I asked him like. Yeah, we were. I know we were t- talking about like my fitness routine. I was trying to get. I was getting free advice, right? When you sit across from a guy who's like training basketball players for a living, you know, you, you want to get some free advice. He said, like, yeah, if 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 you work out and then you drink and you go to bed, you're not recovering, and that's why you feel like crap the next day. So you you got to work out and then not <laughs> drink. It seems kind of <laughs> obvious, but you know, then you'll recover and then you can have fun. So he's like, just make it every other day. You know, he's not. Yeah. So um, before we jump into news, I just want to, since we're speaking about conferences, we're starting to wrap up our, you know, the next thing we'll be at is going to be AICPA Engage. Mm-hmm. And we have a session we are doing with ShareFile. So we are going to be the panelist on a, a, a session called Elevate and Modernize Your Client Experience. Now, if you want to come join us at this session, you cannot, you have, you cannot drink on Sunday night. And you cannot stay up because we have a 7 a.m. session on Monday morning at AICPA Engage. So we 7 expect everybody to be there. Oh, dang. David, I think 
next time, before we commit to anything, we have to find out the time of the session. I think we just said, yeah, that sounds great. Let's do it. And then they said it was Soon we'll be at that point where we can demand them to change the whole schedule at ASB Engage around our schedule. <laughs> That'd be great. This episode of the Cloud Accounting Podcast is sponsored by ClientHub. We've been talking about the lack of accountants lately, and I'm guessing you may have your own shortage this busy season. And with accounting teams spending more than 30% of their time chasing clients for information, ClientHub can help you gain one-third of a body just by getting needed information from clients quickly. ClientHub automatically sends your clients a task for each expense or deposit marked as uncategorized in QuickBooks. Your client then can respond via their simple web experience or even their highly rated mobile app. Your team will save hours of time and the best part that it's free. Introducing the free ClientHub recategorization plan. ClientHub is bringing the freemium business model to accounting apps. They are so confident that you, your team, and your clients will love the free recategorized plan that it will lead you to implement all the features of the award-winning ClientHub into your firm's workflows and communications. Using ClientHub in your workflow is a guaranteed ROI, especially since it's free. To get ClientHub's new recategorized plan for free, head over to cloudaccountingpodcast.promo slash clienthub. That is cloudaccountingpodcast.promo forward slash C-L-I-E-N-T-H-U-B. Well, David, um, I've got a segment I'd like to play for you because there were other accounting conferences that were going on while we were in Italy and where I was in Italy. And one of them was Accounting Today's conference. I forget the name of it. Do you have the name handy? No. Um, it's in San Diego, though. I know it yeah. was in San Diego. It, so Accounting Today took over the Accounting Web conference, and um, which, you know, after Accounting Web went, went under, they took it over. It's called the Firm Growth Forum, and they did their first one uh, just a week or two ago. And friend of the show, Kristen Keats, was a speaker and an attendee and offered to do some interviews since we couldn't be there. So I'd like to play for you a few of a video of Kristen's uh, experience and uh, experience of some other people at the Accounting Today conference. Hey, Blake and David, Kristen Keats here your roving reporter for the Cloud Accounting Podcast. I know I'm looking a little rough. This is after two days of very intense. Thank you, sir. We, we're getting cocktails here, sir. So this is after two days of very intense seminars and training at the Accounting Today Firm Growth Forum Conference in San Diego. So at my table here, I've got Randy Crabtree, who was also a presenter at the conference. I've got Sarah Harris, and I've got Allison McLeod. And we're here to give you our input on how the conference went. So. Without any further ado, let me pass the video to Randy and he can give you his take on the conference. Hey guys, uh, happy to be here. Today I was hanging out in the advisory track. Got to uh, uh, see Jody Grundon talk, Ed Kless talk. Let's find ways that we can work less and be more profitable. And so I enjoyed what I saw today. One, it was just a great location. We had a great time. Two, just the people here. I got here last night and I think I hugged about 30 people and just to see these people that I respect and enjoy being around at the conference, that in general is just an awesome part of conferences and this conference was up and above, I thought, from that standpoint. The collaborations, the information, the knowledge sharing that happens outside of the classes is probably just as important and sometimes more important than the class itself. It was awesome from that standpoint. 
I will agree with Randy on that. What I did like about this conference is they seemed to create spaces for that type of interaction. They had specific networking spaces that were allowed for you to meet other professionals. Even though I didn't like being a subject of the Ask the Ask Experts last night, I got thrown on stage last night. But I like that idea of having every, all the speakers on a stage at the end of the night to have like lightning rounds of questions. I thought that was really cool. So I think more conferences should do that. Hey guys, I'm gonna pass you on to Allison. Hello, accounting friends. I really don't have much to say. I will say that it's beautiful here in sunny San Diego. And I would say a lot of the conversations that are going on here at the conference are echoing conversations that I see and hear in our small informal groups. Um, it's nice to connect with colleagues. Hello, Sarah Harris here. I was following the technology track and I was a little disappointed that they weren't more technology focused. They didn't have a Twitter handle ready for us. Um, and there were a few things like that that were missing. I think they could expand on next time and do a better job to make this a more beneficial conference for everybody. Okay, so there we have it. Thanks guys, I'll give you more updates as we get them. Hey Blake and David, Kristen again, your roving cloud accounting podcast recorder here in San Diego, lovely San Diego at the Accounting Today Firm Growth Forum. So I've got Jeff and Nio here with their thoughts. I'll give you my thoughts real quick on this last day. This last day sessions was actually the best ones. I thought these were very relevant to the profession. They talked about succession planning. They talked about technology. Joe Woodard did a whole demonstration with ChatGPT that was really super cool. So I was very happy, but I'm gonna hand you over to Jeff and he's gonna give you his thoughts. Awesome. Yeah, I think the best day probably was the final day. I thought the best part of the uh, conference was about the PE and just succession planning and that most firms don't have any succession planning and that's becoming more uh, a bigger deal for us as we continue to see people age out of the partnership bracket. So great ideas from the entire panel about what we can do about succession planning, very creative ideas about practice management. So great Great practice management, succession planning uh, session for the last day. And now, the Niall Carter <laughs> Funny thing here is I'm actually attending two conferences. I'm attending the Accounting Today, Future Firm, Growth, Firth, I can't even talk, Firm, Growth Forum, and PASBA. Um, but I decided to come here on the last day to soak up some of this information here because it seems to be very future focused. Um, so like we're talking about things, what's your firm gonna look like in 10 years? Who is really thinking about that? I know I am now. So to think about succession planning, to think about, you know, adding that new technology to your firm's house chat GPT gonna impact it. Are you talking to your staff about these things and bringing them into the conversation? Where do they wanna be? Uh, and three, four, five years. So all of those things are very relevant to our profession and we have just probably not had the time or the energy to think about it. So today has been very impactful for me in that way. I wish you were here, uh, but you all are somewhere else next Italy. time. Oh, Italy, so jealous, but we miss you. Uh, but this event was great. So I hope we get to do this again next year. Handing it back over to my girl, KK. Hey, Blake and David. Okay, this is my last coming at you from Accounting Today, San Diego, 2023. I've got Dan Hood here. He put on this whole event. It's been really awesome. So I'm gonna flip it over to him for his final thoughts for the day. All right, cheers. 
Uh, just a couple of things. I, I would tell you there's been a, a lot of great talk around all the different topics you'd expect, staffing and all, and CAS and technology and all those sorts of things. But I want to take a, a step back and say that one of my favorite things about it, and I think the big lesson is the fact that conversations among accountants are incredibly important. Accountants talking to each other, sharing information. They're one of the few professions that I know of that really does that on a regular basis, shares things that maybe they shouldn't, but they're great about it. And there's so much to learn from every other firm in the profession. Having those conversations is tremendous. We saw a lot of that here. We were very happy on it. The other thing I would say is sort of a, a, a follow-on from that is contact and talking with uh, software vendors. Uh, they're eager to, to work with accounts. They always have been. Well, not always, but for a long time they've been. Uh, they're more so than ever. They really want to work closely with accounts. They really want to serve them well, and accounts can learn a lot from them. And uh, the more connections and conversations there are there, the better. So those would be my two big takeaways. Uh, but uh, thanks for listening. So this is Peace Out from San Diego. I hope you guys are having a wonderful time in Italy without us, but we'll hopefully catch you at the Accounting Today Summit next year. All right. Thank you so much, Kristen Keats, for that roving report from the Accounting Today conference. If we just get only roving reporters, we don't have to go to the conferences anymore. Buddy. Well, but that's the but, fun part. Right? I know. I want to go. I love the, the connections are the thing. <laughs> it's so important. Um, we got a couple of reviews and we haven't had any in a while, so you got those handy, David? We should read them. Want me to jump in? Do you want to? We yeah. got a five star review and a three star review. Um, Which one do you want first? Mm. I think the I would do the five star first because yeah, the three then we star can, transitions us into AI chat. Okay, let's do it. All right. So the five star review. This is on um, Apple Podcast. This is from B Hollows. A must listen to exclamation point exclamation point exclamation point. A great update on current happenings in accounting. I recommend this podcast to my whole team, exclamation point. Thank you so much. That's a great, great review. Now, now let's hear the re- critique. The critique. And I don't even know if this is a critique. Um, I think it's. Uh, they want. it feels like somebody tried to send us a message, and this is the easiest way to do it. So they give us a nice, fair three-star review. It says, chat slash AI. I get that the chat AI thing is cool, but only to an extent. If you guys are talking about it, could pass the CPA, it could one day do some accountant's jobs, or also the AI doing scripts for videos, saving companies money for videos. This is taking away jobs from people in the future. As someone who wants to get into the accounting field, this is making me wonder if I should, I should with you guys saying AI could take over jobs in the future. So this person, this is Cheer Girl 5102 she's wondering if there's all this AI, like, like should she even be an accountant? Like, what's yeah. the point? She's kind of, that's, that's the vibe I'm getting from this. I feel like every time we talk about AI or GPT, we have to remind people that if you are thinking about this stuff, if you are paying attention to it, if you are using it, you're going to be fine. I'm really, really confident you're going to have a better time with AI than without it. It's the people who don't embrace it that are going to have trouble. Think about all the people who didn't learn how to use Word and Excel and they got phased out of the job market. But the people who did are more productive. And that's that's going to be the case with AI too. It's going to make our lives so much better. It already is. An NPR interview and the, the concept is that this is going to help save the middle class because the people that aren't going to benefit from ChatGPT is going to be the expert lawyer or the expert CPA because it's just never going to have the same expertise as that expert. But the entry-level CPA, the entry-level accountant, the entry-level lawyer, just, you know, the average, you know, even they're talking about even like tech support employees, right? They're going to be able to use ChatGPT to 
augment their skill set to become more valuable as an employee, which means now mm-hmm. you're more valuable, you can make more money. Yeah. Right? Now, the the doomsday people are saying, oh, it's going to force us to do more work than ever. We're just going to get asked to do more and more and more. And I, I just don't, I don't, I, I think we will be asked to do more eventually. Like if everybody has access to AI all the time and you can just, you know, write a prompt and get a bunch of work done, yeah, you're going to be expected to do more. But I feel like that won't all flow to the top. A lot of it will flow to us, the knowledge workers, and we will do more while working less. And that's going to be a win win for everyone. I'm I'm already doing more. My, my joke in my Expensify session was that I wrote the title and I asked ChatGPT to write the session description and I gave it some direction and it wrote the session description and that's what got selected as a session at Expensicon. I, I saved myself an hour or two of work. Maybe not an, maybe not two hours, but sometimes I could puzzle over a session description for a good long time, maybe 30 minutes, an hour to get it right. And it did it. I did a presentation yesterday for Insightful Accountant. And the title of the presentation is that you can't automate your processes until you document your processes. And yeah. some of it was like retrospectively looking at my own things. Like when you want to document a process or automate it, like staring at that blank page is just takes forever. Versus now, and then the, the webinar I did yesterday is I used ChatGPT to create steps for me, and I would just paste those in a process street, and then you just go through the refining task. You refine, you tweak, you refine, then you can automate stuff. Mm-hmm. But I didn't have to start from that blank slate, and it really yes. saved a lot of time because it would give. If I wanted, how do you run payroll? Or give me the steps to run a payroll. I just paste that in, and then I refine it to specifically my payroll. But the majority of the, 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 that getting started work can be done for you. Yeah. And that saves you time. Saves a ton. Uh, you can be a 10x engineer. You can be a 10x accountant. So don't be afraid of it. And the best thing you can do is start using it today. Sign up for ChatGPT. Sign up for Bard. Start using Bing in the new Microsoft Edge browser. And that has GPT. You can sign up for that. Just start using it and start asking questions. If you're nervous, ask it how you can avoid becoming obsolete as an accountant using AI. And it will give you answers, probably better than I would. Well, I could tell you this. If you lose your job as an accountant, you probably won't be looking at a job at Wendy's. Oh, Did yeah? you see that Wendy's is going to – they're working with Google Cloud and they're going to launch AI. It's called Wendy's Fresh AI for their drive through windows. So you'll talk to ChatGPT or an AI version of that kind of thing. Yeah. To take your for, order. The, yeah. But, what and, a great use of technology. It'll be well, more accurate. Well, um, what, what's more amazing about it, I was thinking about this, in, is the scale, right? And Expensify talked a lot about this, this concept of scaling up, right? Now, if there's 25 cars in the drive-thru, they can take 25 orders at the same time. Yeah. Right? You don't have to. It's not a one-person-to-one-car yep. ratio anymore. Now, obviously, how are you going to cook 25 hamburgers at the same time? But, they, but, there's, they're, but a lot well, of their, they're building these kitchens to do that now. Right, and if they know the orders, if they've got all the orders at once, then they can batch the production of these items. And yeah, it's it's better to have the information sooner. It's just it's just going to be it's going to be better. And the 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 real thing to remember is that there just aren't enough workers for all the jobs right now, and it's going to get worse and worse in the future. We have a global talent crunch coming. By twenty thirty, there will be a shortage of something like 85 million white-collar workers. Just That's just office-type workers yep. globally. 
And the only country in the world that will have a surplus is India. And the surplus is not going to be enough to cover world demand. So we have to figure out how to automate a lot of this stuff with AI. And actually, that brings me back to Italy. Because one of the things I learned about Italy while I was there is that they have a very low birth rate. They are not producing enough Italians to replace the ones that are there. And so they've got this coming crisis of people on pensions, which are pretty generous. And they have a pay-as-you-go system. So it's the current workers that are supporting the retired people. And they've got to figure out how to deal with that. And, and automation in, in office jobs is going to do a lot of it. So, you know, if you're calling to book an appointment at your doctor, it's probably going to be an AI that books the appointment, you know, not a person. It doesn't make sense. That person should be assisting with actual, like, patients and, and bringing them in and all that and not just doing administrative stuff. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very optimistic. So remember two episodes ago, I think two episodes, maybe one episode ago, we talked about how ChatGPT was set up to fail the CPA exam. We have to talk about this more in our next episode because we're out of time. We're out of time already? How did this happen? It's it's an hour. We're at the top of the hour or the end of the hour. So we'll tease this. Well, so I mean, the answer is like ChatGPT4. Actually, it wasn't ChatGPT. It was just GPT4 via the API. Some researchers doing a proper study found that it passed the CPA exam. By giving it a little bit more, uh, they, not they setting it the, up to fail, I guess, yeah, right? Yeah. They gave it the right prompts, and then they gave it a little bit of training ahead of the actual questions. So like it, They primed it, okay? But they compared that to studying. So they basically gave it the equivalent of a chance to study, and then they gave it the exam, and it passed, all four. And uh, that's version four. So very soon, I think we will be using chat agents in our firms and we will be talking to them as if they are interns and staff accountants and they're going to be doing and assisting with a lot of the work that you would delegate to an intern or a staff accountant and that's going to be so great because if you're a manager and you don't have enough staff like that's the worst position to be in and that's why a lot of people have been quitting because they just got too much work to do so it's good news and maybe I'm just in a good mood because I spent the last two weeks in Italy. That could be it too. <laughs> I feel I'm like surprised your energy level after the flight. I was pretty beat up after our flight home. So. Oh yeah, I stayed up and did not go to sleep until last night, like local time, and I slept for like eight and a half hours, and I feel just great. But I also drank like half a pot of American coffee, which I haven't had <laughs> in two weeks, and so I'm kind of jumping off the walls right now, which is uh, it's fun. But I, yeah, I'm gonna try to slow down. I'm going to try to work less and accomplish more and enjoy the downtime. That's that's what we all should do. I agree. We have a three-day weekend coming up. I'm looking for I'm going to rest a little bit and uh, get caught up on stuff. Oh. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. Don't forget, you can subscribe to us on YouTube, get notified when we get live, and hang out with us. Um, you can also leave us a review. We really appreciate the reviews. They help us get pushed up in the Apple podcast listings so that more people discover us. And you can do that by going to Apple Podcasts. You can do it um, in... On Podchaser. Podchaser. I think Audible lets you write reviews now. Um, and Spotify. Spotify. So write a review and, and we'll, we'll see it. And we will read it on the air. And you can also send your emails, your voicemails. Send us a voice memo to cloudaccountingpodcast at earmarkcpe.com 
cloud accounting podcast at earmarkcpe.com and earn free CPE for listening to cloud accounting podcast episodes with the Earmark app. Search for Earmark CPE on the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store. Download the app. You've already listened to this episode. Just find it on the app. Take a quick quiz and get your CPE certificate. Uh, If it's not there yet, it will be soon. We drop each course about a week after the episode airs. So sign up and come back and get your CPE. That's all I got this week, David. That's it. Okay. There's always we, we we can start doing a three hour show. There's so oh, much yeah. stuff. We got a ton of stuff to talk about next week, so don't miss next week's episode. We're going to be catching up on all the news we missed. I mean, yeah, there's so much, including we got to talk about earnings. Say this is that time of the year when zeros, Sage, and into its earnings all overlap, kind of. Mm-hmm. So we could talk about what's what we see in the earnings reports. A P- PwC scandal in Australia. Um, we've got. Yeah, more, more AI stuff. We've got more features that are being built into apps for AI. Uh, more stuff on the talent shortage and uh, 150 hours. Cannot wait. AI CPA's eight-point plan for the pipelines now a 12-point plan. <laughs> that changed. Oh, I can't wait to hear what, what's They're new. They're adding a that. point every month is right now the current average. David, see you here next week. Bye, everyone. All right. Bye, everybody. Time for the classifieds. ClientHub automatically sends your clients a task for each expense or deposit marked as uncategorized in QuickBooks. Your team will save hours of time, and the best part that it's free. Introducing the free ClientHub Recategorized Plan. ClientHub is bringing the freemium business model to accounting apps. They are so confident that you, your team, and your clients will love the free Recategorized Plan that will lead you to implement all the features of the award-winning ClientHub into your firm's workflows and communications. Using ClientHub in your workflow is a guaranteed ROI, especially since it is free. To schedule your demo, go to clienthub.app. That's clienthub.app. Is it possible to scale your firm while significantly reducing your workload so you can spend more time with your family? That's what Marie Phillips did when she tripled the revenues of her multi-seven-figure firm thanks to Future Firm Accelerate. Designed for busy firm owners, Future Firm Accelerate gives you the system, training, coaching, and the community you need to systemize your firm so that you can scale it while working less. The program is built around founder and CPA Ryan Lozanis' six-part Future Firm framework, which he used to scale and sell his own firm, Zen Accounting, to a major international organization in just five short years. To learn more and join over 700 other modern firm owners scaling their businesses, go to www futurefirmaccelerate.com that's www.futurefirmaccelerate.com We don't like uncategorized transactions, but we do like cats, and we love Uncat. Thousands of accountants and bookkeepers have switched from sending spreadsheets of uncategorized transactions to their clients every month to using Uncat. It's easy. Uncat syncs with QuickBooks and gets clients' responses back so fast, you can close the books on time, every time. And you're going to love the price. Uncat is just $5 per month per client. And bonus, start a 14-day free trial at Uncat.com, and they'll send you a $5 Starbucks gift card. Get yours at Uncat.com. Are you tired of spending hours manually adjusting your balance sheet and reconciling your accounts every month? Say hello to NetTracker. Automate tedious tasks such as adjustments for depreciation, prepaid expenses, accruals, and deferred revenue. With just a few clicks, selected balance sheet accounts are updated and reconciled. No more stress and hassle every month. NetTracker makes monthly financial reporting a breeze. Try it now with QuickBooks Online, Zero, or Sage Business Cloud and see how much time and energy you can save. www.nettracker.com 
That's www.nett-tracker.com. Your accounting clients don't want another shiny app they have to log into. They want to be met where they live in their email inbox. FinDaily does just that. FinDaily automates the communication of key financial data by sending it to your client's inbox daily. Try FinDaily out for free at findaily.io. That's findaily.io. Want to get the word out about your newsletter, webinar, party, Facebook group, podcast, ebook, job posting, or that fancy Excel macro you just created? Why not let the listeners of the Cloud Accounting Podcast know by running a classified ad? Hit the show notes for the link to get more info.